keep Rayman Digital on the air by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging $1 to $10 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. <laughs> If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups and your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human I am a Jedi, like my father, Jabba. To Star Wars from the Back to Tank, I am your host, Michael Flores. And in the back to waters, swimming, doggy paddling, is David. Hello, Dave. Oh, how I've missed that theme. Yeah. We are here. We're back. We took a break. That's typically what we do around the fall uh, so that we can come back and start our we kind of start our new podcast season around yeah. this time. Usually we start in October. We're starting a little early. We closed out our 2019-2020 season back in July. And now we're getting started. We're here because we are going to be very busy over the next few months up until December when we go on our winter break. We're yes. not going on any more breaks. We are here for the next what? How many months? Four months? Four months. Three months. I don't know my 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 months, David. We have September, October, November, <laughs> December. Yeah. So we'll October's be October's gonna be big, dude. October is just gonna be huge. Yeah, we have the Mandalorian season two, which they recently dropped some news on us. Finally. We're just about six weeks away from the release. According to <laughs> Lucasfilm, The Mandalorian Season 2 will debut on Disney Plus October 30th. That's right. The Mandalorian Season 2 releases on Disney Plus October 30th. Where's my trailer? Where's our trailer? <laughs> Where, What's where up? the fuck is my trailer? What's up, Star Wars? <laughs> What's up, Disney? What's up, Lucasfilm? Well, dude, dude, six weeks out and we have no trailer. Look how long it took them to actually get a Rise of Skywalker trailer. That's true. And also, I mean, I guess they don't really care about promoting this because, <laughs> hey, they know it's it's at this point. It is big dick syndrome. Everyone's just going to want it. Everyone's going to crave it. Everyone's going to need it. And whenever it releases, it's just going to be a huge success at this point. Everyone wants that Yoda dick. But, oh, David. <laughs> oh, Yoda. Okay. Not yeah. baby Yoda. That's, that's, that would be, you know, that, 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 pedophilia. See, and I will, see, yeah. I will behead you live on the air. Exactly. That's why I chose I will, Yoda I will, dick. I will cry jihad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Mandalorian season two will release on Disney plus October 30th. So despite the ongoing public health crisis, this launch will happen next month 
Mandalorian definitely was lucky. Lucasfilm finally got a bit of luck. They have not been too lucky since 2012. No, they have not. Seems like finally the gods of luck looked down favorably upon them because apparently the season was completely shot and in the can before coronavirus even became a thing out here. Yeah. They got, they dodged a bullet. Oh, they absolutely did because I was like, I was very confused at how, like, remember we were covering like rumors before we took our hiatus of how, Oh, season two is going to have Ahsoka. It's going to have Rex. It's Mm going to have all these characters. And we're, I was like thinking to myself, did they already shoot this stuff? Right. And now they're making this announcement. Either a that is a genius way of keeping a, a production secret, which right. yeah, which come on, look what they did with Baby Yoda. Yeah, that was the best kept secret of all time. That, that yes, in an era of nothing's a secret and everything hits the interwebs, something is leaked. The fact that they were able to keep the whole Baby Yoda thing under wraps shows you that Lucasfilm doesn't fuck around with leaks. And if something is leaked, it's because they want it to be leaked. Let's be real about it. Yeah. Because like the, I think that, that baby Yoda reveal has to be top five best secret moments to ever happen. In- well, I don't know, Dave, I think uh, Ray being a Palpatine, that was definitely <laughs> a, one of the best kept secrets of all time. You know what's sad about that? dude? I, I don't think anyone saw that coming, Dave. I don't think anyone, like not even Daisy Ridley. She didn't I, see it coming because apparently she was supposed to be a Kenobi. I remember, remember when the trailer came out for rise of Skywalker and me and you were gushing over the fact that Palpatine, you you hear Palpatine in the end. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Right. And then you get to the connection of Ray. It's like, damn, that was a letdown. It was a little lackluster. But, <laughs> it but was a lackluster. Only because we, we saw it coming. Everyone knew, hey, Palpatine's here. They also laid it on thick with her darkness all of a sudden that she's drawn to, <laughs> she's drawn to when we never so saw that in the previous movie. In the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, wait, she's going to be a Palpatine. Didn't see that coming. Wink, wink. <laughs> Secret. <laughs> That's why he, she's attracted to, to Kylo Ren because Darth uh, Vader and, and Palpatine uh, together again. Yeah. <laughs> so Star Wars Squadrons, Dave. Now this, this, I'm is, excited about. this is actually really cool and our show will not be out in time for this to be real news. Unfortunately, as we are recording this Sunday, September 13th. And as of September 14th, tomorrow, tomorrow, star Wars squadrons to premiere a CG short on Monday to help promote the upcoming release of the video game. And dude, I'm, I have been a on the video game side. I have been a proponent against EA again. Their, oh yeah, because of how they handled the Star Wars franchise. Well, Jedi Order, you liked? Yeah, Jedi yeah. Order, I loved. Yeah, but Star Wars uh, Squadrons is probably the most hype I've ever been, even before Battlefront, because we as Star Wars fans have been waiting, waiting for a flight simulator game again. Yeah, that ties us back to the 1980s with TIE Fighter, X-Wing, with all the great stories that we had a long time ago before the great retcon. We we had the squadron stories that were going around and then this game gets dropped. 
And I'm like going, I hope EA doesn't screw it up. And so far, everything looks great. It does. Everything looks fantastic. A storyline for each faction. It looks great, man. And in the lead up to the release, which is October 2nd, which is a few short weeks away, Squadrons is releasing an original standalone CG short on Monday, September 13th, September 14th at 8 a.m. Pacific time. The short will be a chance for viewers to meet one of the ace pilots you'll fly alongside. Yep. If it's Kaz, I quit. <laughs> if you turn it on and all of a sudden, it's screaming at the falling. <laughs> Do you want to treat a sandwich? <laughs> then all of a sudden, I will chuck my TV out the window. Yeah. but And I will uh, assassinate Kathleen Kennedy. But, you Live know, what? The, I will behead her jihad style right here <laughs> next to you. Next to me. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we will do the Star Wars fan base a, a great service. Oh, wow. Uh, the promo image for the short feature, uh, it features an Imperial helmet, meaning it's likely the pilot we're going to meet is fighting for the Empire. Yes. The short is a collaboration between Motive Studio, Lucasfilm, and ILM, which hopefully indicates a high level of quality. Well, the one thing that where did I re- this come from? It came out of nowhere. I love it. This is the type of shit I'm talking about. I, I honestly don't think this was planned, but no. because we're in the midst of a pandemic and not a lot of productions have been able to shoot during this time, we're getting these these out of the woodwork projects, and not just for Star Wars fandom, but all of all other fandoms out there are getting these little projects, radio plays. Uh, reunion mini episodes of shows that have either been canceled or uh, they wrapped their series long ago all because hey we're not doing a lot of things right now let's try to create some enthusiasm and excitement and I'm willing to bet this is one of those aspects because you don't need to work together on a CGI project no you can all work from home uh, safe from getting the corona so I don't think this is a thing and that's why there was not a lot of promotion yeah and, and especially when it was first announced, this was announced in the middle of the pandemic. This oh, project this, this, in the, in this was announced earlier. Yeah, you're talking about squadrons, squadrons, not the CG short, not the CG show. Yes, yes, but squadrons itself was announced in the middle of the pandemic. Well, yes, yeah, squadrons also came out of nowhere. You yeah. and I were shocked. We're like, wait, what? When 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 is this happening? And and, and how did this happen? Well, be, because like even during the big. Uh, uh, big game conferences and everything mm-hmm. when they were actually touting like the next coming wave of video games squadrons was not talked about. They were talking yeah. about, you know, like the latest FIFA, the latest Madden, the latest, this everything EA at first squadrons only got a blurb that we have a project for star Wars coming out and it goes to like what you're saying. And that I was all they released. That's all they released. And then they just, they, I, I honestly think just like what you alluded to earlier, it's big dick syndrome. They know they have a big franchise. They know that star Wars is big. They don't have to put any effort into it. Yeah. Well, which is sad. at least when it comes to these types of projects, uh, a star Wars video game is never going to truly flop. Even battlefront two, you know, coming on the heels of such a controversial, and negativity uh, controversial release of battlefront the first one they did 
it didn't stop people from buying Battlefront 2. Yes, it didn't break all the records like the first one did. I don't think anything was at that point. Everybody was super fucking hype, hyped about the new era of Star Wars with the buyout of Lucasfilm. So I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect. So Battlefront, you know, sold just record amounts because of just sheer excitement and enthusiasm. Battlefront 2, though, still performed very well, even though there was so much controversy surrounding the release of Battlefront 2. Yeah. So Star Wars is kind of a done deal. You're always going to be able to sling and hock a Star Wars game as long as there's some type of creativity and and, and uh, thoughtfulness being put into it. As long as it doesn't become a, hey, guys, just buy what we sell and that's it and it sucks and we're going to get it, then, you know. Well, then, obviously, the, the, our goodwill will wear off. But for the most part, especially after the release of Fallen Order. Dude, exactly. I mean, Fallen Order was definitely a bona fide hit. It was uh, something that a lot of the Star Wars fans had wanted, a story-driven video game uh, in a way that we have not received in countless years. Yeah, and it turned into one of the best-selling titles for EA. And the, And the thing was, I think EA learned from that. They don't have to put any effort into advertising and marketing, promotional yeah. and marketing because the title will sell good on its own. Well, why, and if the, if the title is good, like fallen order, all of a sudden the title started just selling way, way better than they thought. Well, then you get the connections. Fallen order was, was smartly done because not only was it just a beautiful game, just good gameplay the fact that they connected it to the ever evolving mythos of Star Wars in a way that I don't think anyone expected. Yeah. That was another. The story was solid inclusion. Done. Yeah. And that's why now EA can can rest easy that they've had a success and I feel like they have mended some of the fences that, that they broke with their greedy plans uh, during the release of battlefront two. So and it'll be good to see. It'll be nice to see what happens with it. Especially since the price tag on squad squadrons, right? Was it like 30 bucks or something? It's like 30 that? bucks. It's fucking cheap. <laughs> Think about battlefront yeah. came out with $80. Unless you're an, an asshole like me and spend $120 <laughs> on the special edition. So I can get, you know, Kylo Ren skins because the one I wanted had a scar on his That's fucking fiction. chin. <laughs> and then all the other things I got didn't matter because they ended up doing away with all of those things, the loot crate things. Yeah. So then it didn't even fucking matter. I was like, great. I got things that don't even make sense Sense. to the game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's move into some high Republic news. While we were away, they released some news on the upcoming new era of star Wars, which as we had discussed on a previous show, the high Republic marketing campaign or, I agenda, I guess you can call it. Yeah. Is the new direction Star Wars is going when it comes to books and comic books. The ever expanding universe of Star Wars is going into the past and dealing with an era that we have not delved into before. And that of of course is the High Republic. They have dropped news on us that Yoda will in fact be involved with the High Republic era, which does make sense. Yes, it does. You're talking about a time where Yoda was definitely alive. He was 900 years old when we met him in Empire. Yeah. And we're only going 200 years in the past. So when you put those things together, I think initially, I understand why a lot of fans were like rolling their eyes, but 
thankfully it's not like it doesn't make sense yeah it, it thankfully cooler heads prevailed and when you actually think about it yoda's age would make it perfect sense that he would be there in fact he'd probably be a very prominent figure at this time yeah so in an exclusive series starwars.com is pulling back the curtain on star wars the high republic a publishing epic set centuries before the events of star wars the phantom menace with insights from creators new details and never before seen concept art arriving january 2021 the story will be explored through multiple voices and span adult and young adult novels yep. children's books and an ongoing comic book title which i'm definitely going to get my greedy hands on uh, in this installment, StarWars.com gets a first look at legendary Jedi Master as we've never seen him before. For 800 years have I trained Jedi, is the quote they have. Yoda lived a long time, a legendary life, but we've only known him through his final act in the last days of the Republic and Jedi Order and during the training of Luke Skywalker. In Star Wars, the High Republic will encounter the Jedi Master centuries prior and StarWars.com is thrilled to offer a first look. And I will post this image within the, the episode description on our website version of the on-demand broadcast. And people can check out what Yoda looks like. And honestly, dude, I a lot of people, a lot of fans were kind of, I think they were initially trying to hate it, hate the image of what he looks like. But in all honesty, this is what I would picture Yoda to kind of look like. He's not, you know, like, limping all over the place he's with his walking old, cane. though. I mean, he's 200. Years, so he's what? 700 years old. That's still old. Yeah. That's like, let's put it into, you know, human years. So he's probably like 60. Yeah. And that's the thing is like that first initial image. I really do like the first image of him holding his green lightsaber. And he kind of looks like Mace Windu. He does. Yeah. He I'm, looks a bit more a little weird. He looks a bit more ready as an action hero. I guess so. But then when you get down to the next image, I think he that's looks a more little, of a diplomat. I'm a little afraid of his look. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, but that doesn't mean I'm not excited to see his story. I'm just not a big. Okay, So the concept art with him right there looks fine. The image that they. I'm going to wait. It's not a deal breaker. It's not a deal breaker. It's just honestly. concept art. So we will see what happens. I am excited to see what they do with Yoda, but I am a little nervous because I'm nervous too. obviously we're going there. We can't put the genie back in the bottle because of what the Mandalorian did with baby Yoda. And um, let's call him the child at this point. Uh, what the Mandalorian did with the child and exploring. It looks like they're going to be exploring the roots of this species that we essentially know nothing about. That's something that I've never really wanted to explore. Sure, as a Star Wars fan, I'm curious. And the fan in me is like, ooh, it'd be really fun. But the uh, pessimist in me is like, fuck, <laughs> I don't want them to fuck this up. Fuck this, up, this is yeah. such an iconic character. Do we really want to explore these types of avenues that run the risk of destroying the, the mystique behind Yoda? Because Yoda is half of Yoda's gravitas as a character is that we don't know a lot about his past there's a mystique behind him there's a specialness there's a uniqueness to him and when you start exploring these avenues you run the risk of destroying that there is excitement with, the, excitement with the impending season of season two of mandalorian and what they seem to be exploring with the child so i'm not 
it's not a deal breaker, but I'm very nervous about anything pertaining to Yoda or his species. I am, I am too, but I mean, given the, given that you have, I believe Kevin Scott is, uh, the one that's leading the way for high Republic. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give Kevin Scott a lot of leeway because especially since of how we've seen how he is very passionate and knowledgeable about that era of the prequels and beforehand. I mean, he, the, what, the, what he, his work that he did in that, uh, Dooku audio play really shows that he understands about dealing with the past of star Wars. He's willing to actually go to certain areas and treat them and give them the gravitas that, that they, they deserve like that mystery. That's why I'm like, really, when I thought about it, I was very against it. But after thinking of who's headlining the, the writing group for high Republic, what he was able to do in Jedi lost, especially with Yoda, how he portrayed Yoda in that one where he wasn't just an advisor. He was seen as a Jedi master to uh, Dooku at that yeah. point. And the way that he was able to actually add some mythos to it. I really want to, I'm really excited, more excited to actually see what Kevin Scott can do with Yoda now in a visual representation of it. Yeah. Because I remember me and you covering Jedi Lost and we were like going, you know what? The representation of Yoda here is really good. It's spot on. Yeah, I don't dislike what they did. I And I'm, David, I'm not against it. I'm just hesitant. That's all. I'm, and I'm, I'm a little nervous. Although they do say, they do say in this statement here, in this press release, that they consider it a huge task with an appearance and a visual medium that would mean a new design for the iconic character. It was a challenge not to be taken lightly. The goal was to update Yoda, but to be careful and be true to the Yoda that we all know and love. Also to really make sure that the new look was believable as this is really the first time that there has been an opportunity to update his look and his clothing. It felt like a daunting and enormous responsibility to embark on and get right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If this was my job at Lucasfilm, I'd be like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. Why me? <laughs> <laughs> now trolls are everywhere going to eat me for lunch. I- I'd rather you give me a shitty character I can make better. Like, like, give me Kaz from <laughs> give me Kaz. what was the name of that shit show? I, I don't even remember the name of the show, Dave. It's resistance. Resistance. Yeah, give me Kaz. Let me fix that fucking mess. That catastrophe. I'd rather give me a shitty character that I can't fuck up any worse. Give me Jar Jar Banks. Dude, I, I think that'd be a fun test to take a character like that. Yeah, if they were to give me a Jar Jar Banks comic and I get to go into why Misa was so fucking clumsy, I would give him an awesome backstory. Oh, absolutely. Misa, my dick just flipped out of my pants. <laughs> oh, so Jaja. You was a big doo-doo this time. <laughs> well, Misa clumsy. <laughs> Me dick going to, to, to big doo-doo now. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it, I don't know. But honestly, Where was I dude, going with this? High, High Republic, I'm going to be probably on the flip side of it. 
I'm more excited for it than no, hesitant. No, I am definitely excited. Yeah. For High Republic, David. But I understand your hesitation, though. I'm hesitation when it comes to the Yoda aspect. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But the only thing that I basically say, hey, the only shield they got right now is Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott. Well, they can use I Ryan can Johnson as a shield, too. Operation Human Shield. <laughs> Human Shield. <laughs> uh, any shrapnel. Uh, <laughs> Let's just throw Ryan Johnson right in front of us. He's going to be our human shield. Should we just throw also Justin Rich there? Hey, Ryan Johnson, we have a job for you. Oh, great. Get to direct another Star Wars film now. Like, nah, come on over. We'll talk to you about it. <laughs> All right. Go and stand here. Uh, guys, why am I standing in front of the entire Lucasfilm staff? Let's just stand here. We're all going to stand single file behind you. you. Oh, because I'm the leader of the project? Yes. Yes, yes exactly right. Exactly right. right. Uh, now, you see that angry mob? Go ahead and march right into that. <laughs> Yeah. What were you going to say, Dave, when I so rudely just talked all over you? No, no, I I do. As I said, I do understand your hesitation with it just because. And Star Wars is snake bit right now. The only the just like what you said earlier, Kathleen Kennedy was clumsy. Yeah. The only thing that they have running for them is Mandalorian, which is scary. Going for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing that they got going for them. Is yeah, unfortunately, you're right. I mean, we don't have anything definitively planned, right? That people can no. get excited about. High Republic was supposed to be really exciting, but because of like the delays after one after another, Star Wars is probably back in its lowest point since oh. the beginning of Mandalorian. Oh, dude, without a doubt, Star Wars right now enthusiasm is at an all time low within the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. I mean, if we're not talking about what we're not getting, we're talking about what we got and didn't like. And then we're talking about how political and and divisive certain actors are on social media. So that angers certain fans. And then you have comments being made by John Boyega that just rocks a boat that was already sinking. You know, he's talking about the racism of Star Wars and Disney and Lucasfilm. Then we have Daisy Ridley infuriating fans by saying that the whole entire Ray twist just kept changing. Star Wars is just not in a good position right now, unfortunately. No. And we're going to go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to jump into those pieces of news. So, yeah, get ready to hear some screaming and yelling and maybe some falling. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. 
roll the dice. I love eating radiation-infested fish. It may add an extra couple inches to my penis. Why don't we gotta die from stuff? Like, why can't, like, a disease cause something like like your dick getting bigger? Hey, listen, if you get coronavirus, your dick might swell. Dude, what? triple dick disease, like... That's a thing. It's never a thing. That should be a thing. I know, but it's that's not. not elephant- that, I believe that's elephantitis, uh, you know, like... Exclusively uh, of the peen? Uh, well, if, if it's there, then, you know, like, uh, then I guess, you know, like, uh, that would be a good disease. That is true. Thank there, you. There's no- <laughs> a lot of you knows and... <laughs> to, get to, the exact, to, get, to get to the exact same thing Thomas just said... <laughs> for being elderly now yeah. will i be useful to the network if all of a sudden i come in and i suffer alzheimer's or like some sort of parkinson's you know yeah, of course you're never leaving okay you're You'll not gonna die. you're not gonna have the opportunity tony so if i if i suffer dementia immediately like right now you're staying in that chair oh and we're gonna just we're gonna tell you <laughs> you time traveled <laughs> The Rain Man Show, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com for more details, or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. No, 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 you must die! All right, welcome back, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Be sure to find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Give us thumbs up. Make sure you like those tweets that we put out and share our posts on social media, including Facebook. The more shares and likes we get, we trigger those algorithms and more people will see our shows. Also, if you want to help us stay on the air throughout 2020 and 2021, which is not a sure a for sure thing yet. It really isn't. We play these. The network goes year by year. And at any moment, we can just all quit. <laughs> it depends on the financial status. So if you want to help us stay on the air, be sure to go to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to our additional Star Wars discussions. Hundreds save, of hours. Save us from Order 66. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Daisy Ridley infuriate Star Wars fans with J.J. Abrams' revelation. Ray Twist kept changing. Dude, okay. Is it okay right now to criticize J.J. Abrams? Wait, you want to criticize J.J.? You you personally? Because me, I have defended J.J. since day one. Okay, hold on. Let's get into the topic and then, if your thoughts are still valid, then I'll let you criticize until you can't criticize any longer. Okay. All right. so Diddly... Diddly. Diddly. Actually, I would like to see your diddly. Oh, oh, oh David. That sounds really gross and strangely erotic. All right. So Star Wars fans are furious, according to this article here, following Daisy Ridley's revelation that J.J. Abrams kept changing a key plot point midway through filming. The debate over the divisive 2019 film Rise of Skywalker was revived following an interview revived i did it ever it did it ever i don't think die? it ever died <laughs> I don't think it... this article says revived following an interview with the ray star who claimed that her character's lineage kept being chopped and changed 
One of the film's most controversial moments came when it was revealed that Rey is the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. Her ancestry was teased way back in Abrams' The Force Awakens after it was revealed that she has an affinity with the Force, just like Luke Skywalker. However, Ryan Johnson steered fans away from this idea in The Last Jedi, in which it's claimed that her ancestry is unimportant. <laughs> Let's just not go there. Let's <laughs> just. Fans felt that Abrams reintroducing, reintroducing the plot point in the trilogy's final chapter was emblematic of the fact that there was no clear story set out for the new series of films when Disney first announced them. Okay, let me. I think people have a very short memory. Yeah, there, there yeah, was do. a set story. There was two separate set stories there was george lucas's version yes that he had handed off to them when he sold and he had assumed in good faith that they would make his final movies that he had written yeah they did not okay so there was one set of solid story there and we had another devised completely by kasdan and jg abrams working together Yes. The first installment, of course, was The Force Awakens. They then had a full treatment, and a treatment out there for a movie like this is anywhere between 30 to 100 pages. Yes. Okay, this isn't one of those bullshit treatments you learn in film school that is like five pages. Five pages long. Okay, so they had treatments worked out, according to numerous reports, according to J.J. himself and Kathleen Kennedy in interviews leading up to Force Awakens. There was treatments for The Last Jedi and a treatment for Rise of Skywalker, which mapped out the direction the story was going. The problem happened when Ryan Johnson decided to throw out the plan and do something completely different. And I'm not going to blame Ryan Johnson. I've evolved. I've matured. <laughs> okay. But I have bad feelings towards Ryan Johnson because of the way he acted towards fans on social media. Yes. I'm not going to blame him for his movie. No, because no. it wasn't his call. He got permission. He's not the boss of Lucasfilm. He's not the boss of star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy is. She's the one who gave him permission to completely change the plan yes. halfway through. That's where the problem started. So it wasn't that Disney didn't have a set story. They did. But no one's going to sit down and just blame Ryan Johnson and say the dude did whatever the fuck he wanted. And then it created a big problem for who's the guy that got fired from the third movie? Uh, that was guy, uh, Colin Trevorrow. That's why Colin Trevorrow got all worked up because he had already worked on a script based on the treatment he was given. So he started working on his story because he already knew pretty much what was happening. With the second movie. Then suddenly the movie moves forward. And Colin Trevorrow is like. What the fuck happened? I already worked on an entire movie. Based on a direction we were going. Based on a roadmap. You guys gave me. Three years prior. Now here we are. And you want me to scrap this entire plan. And not even give me a little. Or budge a little. Because Ryan Johnson changed the direction. Of the franchise midway through. That's where problems happened. So yes. I don't want to throw all this on J.J. Abrams. 
Now, going back to the article, backing this up is Ridley's reveal that Palpatine twist was something Abrams himself was not sure of until very late on. At the beginning, there was toying with an Obi-Wan connection, and then it really went to that she was no one. She told Josh Gad as part of the Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel Live. When it came to episode nine, JJ pitched me the film and was like, so yeah, Palpatine's your granddaddy. Then two weeks later, he was like, yeah, we're not sure. So it kept changing. Even when I was filming, I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. Star Wars fans have reacted with fury on social media. Daisy Ridley was supposed to be Ray Kenobi, then Ray Nobody, and then Ray Palpatine in the <laughs> worst planned and written trilogy in the history of cinema. That's a bit hyperbolic, hyperbolic, but it's not the worst. But I do understand this is my this has been my problem after the, at the end of right. Even though me, Lauren, and I reviewed Rise of Skywalker yeah. favorably because favorably. as a standalone movie, it was fun. It hit all the Star Wars bells and whistles. It felt like a throwback movie. It was excitement. There was actual lightsaber battles. Uh, there was heart, there was emotion, there was feeling. I felt like there was a plan, but that plan literally came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Yeah. That, so at the end of the day, when you look at the movies as a whole, as a trilogy, there are so many inconsistencies. Exactly. Nothing really flows or clicks. They all feel like individual stories that all change directions with the beginning. And and that's why I agree with your guys. I, I've always agreed with your guys' assessment. Rise of Skywalker is fine. On the flip side, too, I also understand why people don't like it. Because, like, when you come from the second movie, it's so disjointed that basically if you're coming in thinking that it's going to connect to Last Jedi and it doesn't, then basically there's that bad taste right out of the gate for any viewer that basically sees it and says, well, why the hell did I just watch the last movie? You get to this and it feels like everything is rush, 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 go, 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 go. Let's get the story out and get to the finish line. Okay. And they did an adequate job. But as I, a standalone movie. As a standalone movie. It's when you actually compare the whole trilogy together that Rise of Skywalker just takes a fall. All of them do. When you go back retrospectively and look at, when I say all of them, I mean the, the new films. Rise of Skywalker, even Force Awakens, The Last yeah. Jedi, Force Awakens, none of them feel that great when you're rewatching them because there's so many moments where it just doesn't matter. Yes. And when we all knew there was going to be a Kenobi connection because Kenobi's the one who was talking to, to Rey, Rey when she touched the, the lightsaber. Yeah. We all knew that. And that's fine. It didn't need to blow your mind. We can have allusions to something and then and then substantiate the uh the clues. In a later movie, not everything needs to be a Darth Vader, I'm your father moment. And also, to be fair, directors do this a lot. George Lucas didn't know for sure that Darth Vader was going to be Luke's, Luke's father. father. But in the end, it worked. It made sense. And he went with it. And he was able to look at the bigger picture and say, hey, listen, this is a new hope. Stan looks great as a standalone movie. But if we're going to move forward, let's give this this franchise a little more uh, heart, a little more emotion. Let's bring a family element into it. I mean, Princess Leia wasn't going to be Luke's sister. 
yeah at the beginning either so directors do do these types of things but when you're shooting you gotta you gotta know your story and the fact that they're changing things even after the script has been approved and they're allegedly shooting scenes and ray didn't know that she was going to be palpatine a palpatine even while shooting that's fucked it is you can do that with a blockbuster film that's not connected to any franchise. Because, again, there are big-time directors that have done that with movies where they change major elements in the middle of shooting. But when you're dealing with a franchise, consistency and continuity is key. Yeah. And when you just pull it out of your ass at the last minute, it feels like that. And that's why – that's partially why I'm, like, looking at this going, why did this fall on J.J. Abrams? Why did he have to make this decision? He should have walked away, dude. If he, he should was, have, he should have either walked away or you know, damn it all, just stick to your guns. If he was smart, you know what he should have done? He should have said, "Give me a four-hour movie, or let's break the trilogy model. Give me two separate movies, and I will come back." But if you expect me to fix this fucking yes. franchise, this trilogy. In one movie. And I have to wrap up the entire Skywalker saga. Like, go fuck yourselves. I'm not going to do it. That's what he should have done. Because now he's going to be the person everyone blames. Yeah. And that's what happens now. I mean, you can even throw on the fact that basically, look, by Last Jedi, he had his main villain taken out. In Force Awakens, (laughs) he basically set up uh, Snoke as to be a major player. Right. And then in the next movie, Snoke gets taken out like nothing really quick and really fast. So your main villain just got taken out. You have to bring in someone, a character that has that type of menace that you were setting up with Snoke. So the whole Palpatine thing, yes, seems seems a bit forced. I get that. But again, people are looking at it as looking at the whole trilogy. Standalone by itself, it makes sense to bring in Palpatine because you need that menace. You need that character that basically... The Phantom Menace. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. And it, this was the best... This was the best thing that J.J. could have done. I, dude, I, I don't know, man, because I've had... I have, I, and, and again, Now see, that we're I'm, dealing nine months after Rise of Skywalker, you start looking at all the many problems. Number one, you have a lot of people... That get on social media and it's the, it's the new feminist agenda. And I don't really understand it because I, I do understand the idea of a woman standing on her own without the reliance of a male character. I do understand that. And I can get behind that agenda, right? Yeah. But when you're dealing with Star Wars, you have a lot of people pushing this idea that, you know, that Ryan Johnson had started with his movie and a lot of people that are, you know, keyboard activists have gravitated to this notion that her parents don't matter and that it doesn't matter who her what her parentage is or her lineage that she should be powerful and strong on her own it doesn't matter what her lineage is and if this was any other sci-fi epic or space opera like okay that's a good concept a character could stand on her own but we're dealing with fucking star wars where the very thing is about legacy and familial connection. And to double down on that, we're actually specifically dealing with the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Which is all about legacy. The entire story is built on the backs of family. 
So that entire argument doesn't even fit into the motif or archetype of Star Wars. So that idea is just fucking pointless to begin with. Mm -hmm. Number two. You essentially made Palpatine the winner of the entire Skywalker <laughs> legacy. Yes. I hate to say it, but you because bring up a really good point. The Skywalkers are dead and Palpatine's legacy through Ray lives on. She can call herself a Skywalker all she wants. She wants. But guess who's walking around? <laughs> Skywalker's not. Yeah. A Palpatine. A Palpatine is. Survived everything. He won. He won. He won. Palpatine won. Whether it's for the good or not, Palpatine, a Palpatine at the end of the day won, which is a travesty when you really think of that. Oh, when yeah. really when you really put it into perspective, a fucking Palpatine won. All his all his machinations that he did since the prequels he, leads to this moment. He and has a, a legacy. Way, he has a legacy. He has a legacy. Who is now the most powerful Jedi. All the Jedi live through her. Yeah. And, and the Obi-Wan idea, Dave, I feel works perfectly fine. Again, we're dealing with a Skywalker trilogy. A Skywalker should have been a lead from the very beginning. But okay, hey, let's go with the Obi-Wan idea. Wow, I would get behind that because that would make sense. Imagine if a Kenobi manages to fix the mistake that they made. Yeah. I have failed you. Anakin is one of the most consistent aspects of star Wars. Obi-Wan saying, I have failed you. Anakin, then Obi-Wan placing blame on himself for, for Darth Vader falling to the dark side in the original trilogy. When he says, I thought I could train him just as well as Yoda. Yeah. And suddenly we have Ray come in. Who's a Kenobi. And she manages to actually save a Skywalker. You keep Skywalker at the forefront. He is the leader of the film, right? The movie yeah. revolves around him. Which, when you look which at you the could films, still do it just that way. Yeah, when you look at the films, who's the main, who's the one character that me and you have always talked about and gushed over? It's Ben. It's, it's Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. He's the best thing in the trilogy. So you could have essentially given us the exact same movie in Rise of Skywalker. But it would have been a Kenobi and it would have worked. Imagine if a Kenobi and a Skywalker fell in love and a Kenobi at the end actually saved Kylo like she did. Like she did. And then it ends that way. Talk about book ending a Skywalker franchise the right fucking way. Why you would make her a Palpatine, I fucking don't understand that. No, I don't understand it either. The fact that a Kenobi and a Skywalker face off against Palpatine, that would have fit everything that we understand of star Wars. Yeah. Because then you see those parallels of like, basically it should have been Anakin and Obi-Wan standing against uh, Palpatine, like at the end of revenge of the Sith. This could have been that moment where Obi-Wan says, I'm not strong enough to fight. I don't think I'm strong enough to confront Anakin. Right. When he tells Yoda. Yeah. I don't think I can do it. And then suddenly you have in these movies, you now have this idea that a Kenobi and a Skywalker at the end, set aside their differences and work together, essentially giving us the ending that we should have had during the prequels. And when I say should have, should have, not because I feel like there was a mistake, but because 
perhaps this is how it should have ended. This is how the journey a, should should a, have been. Destiny, Destiny has now fixed itself. A Kenobi and a Skywalker. Dude, they could have done so much with that. Just thematically. Yeah. Thematically, it fucking works. But at the end of the day, I don't even blame, blame JJ. I blame one person. I blame Kathleen Kennedy. She's in charge. She's the one allowing these directors to do whatever the fuck they want. And if we want to fix the mistakes we've made moving forward with Star Wars, the only way that's going to happen is if we get rid, we need to cut off the head of, of the leader. We need to throw her <laughs> like what's, what's that uh, queen of England that died because the people got tired of her. Oh, uh, Antoinette. Yes. Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette? Yes. Yeah, we need to treat her like Marie Antoinette and we need to give her to the people. <laughs> That's the only way the Star Wars franchise at this point is going to stop the bleeding. There needs to be a sacrifice. There needs to be a sacrifice. And, and she deserves it. Okay. Now, now uh, I was going to, I was going to say I was going to blame all of JJ, but you're right. You are right. At the end of the day. He doesn't call all the shots. He doesn't call all the shots. And creatively, he he can only work with what he is given. And listen, you remember those rumors that we got from an insider about the clash creatively between JJ and Kathleen Kennedy? Remember that? Yeah. So for all we know, JJ was fighting all of these decisions. And unfortunately, we will never know if he was on our side. Unless he decides to basically do the actor thing and basically just uh, speak out, which nowadays JJ, I don't think will do something like that because he's he's part of the old guard. He's he he's more professional than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So on to better news: Star Wars Young Mace Windu series rumored to be in development. Star Wars Universe is dedicating itself to the small screen. Which didn't I call this, Dave? Remember I raged yes, you did. that the Star Wars yes, movies are at an end. That it's over for the cinematic side of Star Wars. That Star Wars has now been marginalized to a TV property. And yes, there are tons of Star Wars fans who are very happy with getting streaming shows. Not even on a major network. We're getting 30-minute TV episodes on Disney+. Plus. And as a Star Wars fan, fine. I can always get behind more Star Wars, but Star Wars has always been designed to be seen on the big screen, to enjoy the sound effects, the cinematography, the big pictures with the big heroes. And now it's been marginalized to TV. I don't think that's a win. I don't think that's a success. I don't mind it. I don't mind there being a Star Wars TV show. That's, that's something I've always wanted. But we have to have... Working in tandem with these bigger expanding story of Star Wars, we need those movies. Yes. We need those movies. And I don't know if we're going to get them, dude. I don't think I really so either. Don't. I mean, especially with the news that has just dropped pertaining to the, the Kenobi series as well. Yes. That it's a one series or one season and done, apparently. Yeah. Which I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, listen, I get it. There's not a lot of time there to tell a story, but you can definitely drag out two or three seasons. Give me a fucking break. And there's six episodes. I'm assuming they're going to be 30 minutes. So we're getting three hours, which, which is a movie, which is a movie. Yeah. yeah. And then it makes sense with the news that you, you brought up earlier about Mace Windu, 
because that same uh, article actually makes makes the comment that the Mace Windu series is supposed to be is slated for somewhere around 2020 or, or 2022. Yeah, 2020 which, and not 2020. That's soon. <laughs> but 2022, which is after Obi-Wan. Yeah. So remember the a long time ago, me and you were talking about it. And we were They're like taking going, all the ideas that were going to be standalone movies. Exactly. You know, the whole what's the branding? A Star Wars story. A Star Wars story. They're taking all of these ideas that were supposed to be a Star Wars story. And they're just turning them into TV shows. It's a TV Which show. we said that was going to happen. The only reason why we didn't get a Bobo Fett, a Boba Fett s- series yet, is because we have the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. So we'll see. Now, according to this article, bringing it back to Mace Windu, uh, with the likes of the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian and two additional streaming series featuring Cassie and Andor and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now another rumor has started circulating amongst the usual online whisper networks of another series being put into development, one that features none other than Jedi Master Mace Windu himself. Now I will say that this is an area that I would not mind exploring. I don't think there's a lot of risk. Like if we were to say, hey, let's do a series on Yoda, I'd be a little nervous. But a series on Mace Windu, it's a character that was very intriguing uh, someone that we only scraped the at the tip of the iceberg of. I can only imagine the amount of awesome stories we could tell pertaining to this character. So according to Ace Scooper, Windu has a standalone project in development, focusing on a younger version of the fan favorite. Played by Michael B. Jordan. No. Please. <laughs> I was about to say, that's not what it says. <laughs> Uh, Played by Samuel Jackson in the prequel trilogy, it said the majority of the project will focus on the younger version of the character who will be played by a new actor. All is not lost for Jackson fans, however, as it is also said, the actor will reprise the role in select scenes. Oh, come on. We're going to have like a young Indiana Jones type thing. You're going to have Harrison Ford telling the story. (laughs) Well, come on, younglings. Let me tell you a story of when I was a young man. And then flashback. Please don't do that. Just (laughs) let's not do that. Samuel Jackson does not need to be in it. I love the dude, but come on. No flashbacks. Dude. Well, there was a time when I was young. And then all of a sudden. (laughs) Kill me now, David. Strike me down with all of your hatred, please. Save me from all of this. (laughs) See, can't you just see it? Dude, why are we never aligned with fans? Like, the article writes, all is not lost for Jackson fans. Like, this is a positive. We're like, no, no, let's this just is not a positive. We don't always <laughs> need to go back to what we are comfortable with or what we think we need for moments of nostalgia. We don't need Samuel Jackson. If we're telling a young story of Mace Windu, then let it just be that. Yes. So it says it's unclear if it's expected to be a series for Disney Plus. Or one of the many films in active development. This isn't going to be a movie. This isn't going to be a movie. It's going to be a, it's going to be a series because especially with taking into, into context with the news that Obi-Wan is just a single season. Obi? Okay. So if Obi-Wan's a single season, this is going to be treated like a single season. The only TV series I want to see is George Lucas Strikes Back. <laughs> Attack of George Lucas. Attack of George Lucas. Revenge of George Lucas. <laughs> George Lucas, A New Hope, Empire Strikes, Kathleen Kennedy. So stupid. 
All right, Dave, we do need to end today's discussion. We did not even get into a quarter of what we had planned. Yes. We have a lot on that. There's a lot. On that list here of our show notes. Unfortunately, but. it's uh, Star Wars news is very taxing on both of us. I can't take it, Dave. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs>